edition of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you as always as we continue to just plow through the offseason here. And while we don't have many offseason episodes left here on Territory Talk, getting closer and closer to training camp and the preseason and closer and closer to a new season of Florida Panthers hockey and National Hockey League action. Again, Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you as always. Thanks for tuning in wherever you find your podcasts. And we are going to dive right in. We've got a special guest joining us for, I guess, what is his yearly visit to us here on Territory Talk. We've got Pete Jensen here with us. He's the senior fantasy editor at NHL.com. You can catch up on the Catch him on the uh, Fantasy on Ice podcast, the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. You see him on NHL Network. He's at NHL Jensen on Instagram as well. You can find him all over the place with all the great information. So I guess, uh, Pete, since you're here, you're the guest of honor. We'll get to Jameson in a minute. He's here every week. We don't need to, we don't need to get uh, too far to Jameson just yet. Pete, you're, uh, you're diving in here to the new season just like we are. What's this time of the year like for you? Because you've had the busy offseason as usual. You've seen all the moves. The draft is in the books. Where are you right now with your preparation for the season? Well, our rankings are always evolving. We do them all year long, and we do our podcast all year long. But the cool thing about the offseason is, of course, you have time for a ton of research and projections, and you can really do some dirty work and have it have a shelf life, right? Where things aren't going to change the next day. Uh, but that said, there have been a lot of off season moves and they haven't come all at once. I think we've seen more off season moves involving big name fantasy talent this year than any other year that I've been working for the league. So the past decade or so um, I'm really excited about the Florida Panthers and what they bring with that new element of Matthew Kachuk. Of course, they lose something on the other side that could have a ripple effect on the team, but then maybe benefit some secondary guys that previously wouldn't have been able to even crack the top nine forward group. So, yeah, we're just we've been updating our rankings on the fly. We had big reaction after July 13th free agency and then that big bomb with Kachuk for Huberto and Uyghur. And then after that, even we've gotten some you know, trickle down moves with Nazem Kadri going to the Flames. So now we feel a lot better about the Flames um, after their early offseason losses. And then even Phil Kessel last night going to the Golden Knights. So Vegas isn't done yet either. So it's been a wild offseason, one of the best that I've ever remembered. Yeah, hockey never sleeps, as we know, uh, in the NHL. There's always something going on. Like you said, even the Phil Kessel news the other day, out of nowhere, <laughs> that finally gets done. And there's still a lot of big names out there that, that don't have jobs right now. But, uh, Pete, I got to ask, uh, you're kind of going through your rankings right now. They're all getting delivered with the NHL's 32 and 32 series. The, you did the Panthers a couple days ago. We'll get into that. But before we get into that, obviously, your projections always are conversation starters. People love to look at your projections and say, this is great or this is wrong or I'm angry or I'm happy. What would you say at this point has been your most controversial projection? What have, what have you been in heat for on Twitter? Um, well, I mean, we've gotten people are always, you know, saying certain guys are not um, a left wing or are not a center, if even if they're dual eligible. And we've had some. Uh, fun conversations with the fans this year about uh, specifically Elias Pettersson and um, what position he's going to be playing this upcoming season and how that affects the Vancouver Canucks lineup. A lot of people out there think 
that he should be playing center, but I know he played some left wing under Bruce Boudreaux and maybe a Pedersen JT Miller combo, which we saw a decent amount last year could be fire for fantasy hockey. If if you're being real, but uh, again, a lot of people think that he should be playing on a separate line, which may not be best for his fantasy production, but those are some of the debates that we have uh, line combinations. You never know until the puck drops on training camp, right? Jameson, I'm always sending you messages. Uh, you know, where's Sam Reinhardt going to be playing? Where's Denisenko going to be playing uh, for an under the radar guy from Florida? But uh, that's kind of what we're doing. In addition to our projections, we're projecting lineups and where different guys are going to slot in, how it's going to affect their even strength usage and, Who's going to be on power play one? Is Phil Kessel going to be on power play one? Like I think he should be in Vegas. Maybe it's not a sure thing, but those are the type of things that affect guys' projections and they're ultimately their ceiling and what they could do for you fantasy-wise and whether or not you would take a stab at a guy like Kessel uh, late in a draft in the veteran stages of his career. But if he's out there with Eichel and Mark Stone, like sign me up, right? On power play one. So those then, are the things we're type we're, we're kind of looking at. And that kind of leads me right to my next question. It's obviously we'll get to the Panthers individual players here in a moment, but uh the Panthers getting a new head coach this season as well. And Paul Maurice obviously had a lot right. of high octane offenses in Winnipeg. But how does that change your projection when you really maybe don't know what to expect? There could be lineup changes. Whereas when you have a consistent coaching group, you kind of know where guys are going to be at the start of the season, but a new coach comes in with new ideas, new, a new system. Uh, how much does that uh, impact your rankings here a little bit? Well, when you look at what Maurice did with the Winnipeg jets, he had a great number one goalie most years with Connor Hellebuck. I'm wondering if he's going to bring some stability to the back end, whether it's Bobrovsky as the clear number one or a timeshare with him and Knight or maybe just maximizing Knight's potential over the next two to three years, like we're all eager to see. That's one thing I'm looking at. I think when he left Maurice, when he stepped down as Jets coach, the team was not as good. There were some injuries involved, but um, now the Jets have a new coach in Rick Bonus. So I'm curious to see, you know, if they're going to have bounce back appeal as well. But for the Florida Panthers, like the expectations are so high. And I know it was a bit of a, you know, a dud in the second round when they got swept and stuff like that against Tampa. And they're still looking for that sandpaper to, to be able to break through in reality. But fantasy wise, there was no team deeper or better than the Florida Panthers last year. So the big question for Florida is, you know, can they replicate that? Will they score four goals a game again and lead the league again? It's a tough thing to do. Well, their third liners with without Mason Marchman, who's now on the Dallas Stars, Will they have a third liner with, with that much productivity? I know Lundell's still there, but Sam Reinhart may be up in the lineup now because they lost Giroux and Duclair is injured and stuff like that. So um, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to what Maurice can do. I think he could get them over the hump, but there are a lot more questions than they were last year when the Panthers were just absolutely as loaded as, loaded as you could get um, in terms of their lineup on paper. Now they have some holes to plug and play and, try to maximize the potential of some younger guys. Pete Jensen here with us. And Pete, you talked there about uh, Paul Maurice and, and of course, uh, the new Panthers head coach. But uh, you also touched a little bit ago on the maybe the, the biggest offseason trade we've seen in the National Hockey League in quite some time, that deal that brought the Panthers, Matt and Kachuk, that sent 
Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weaver the other way. And I know in the in the preview that you did, the fantasy preview for the Panthers, you mentioned that you you don't really see Kachuk's uh, draft stock changing at all coming to the Florida Panthers, coming from the Calgary Flames. How do you expect that he's going to be able to make an impact on this lineup, regardless of where he slots into the lineup, whether he's playing uh, with Barkov? I know he's he's tight with Sam Bennett. They're good friends going back to their Flames days. I'm sure he sure. wouldn't mind playing with him either, so there's some familiarity there. But regardless of where he plays, how do you uh, what do you foresee from Matt Chuck being a member of the Florida Panthers here in his production? Well, there are so many different debates you could have with the rankings after – uh, that trade was made. You could debate who's better for this year in fantasy, Barkov or Huberto. Uh, they're right next to each other in the rankings. Matthew Kachuk is a little behind those two players, but still in the top 20 overall. Kachuk has great category coverage. I uh, was top five in the league and even strength points. My question for Kachuk is, will he be that good on a separate line from Barkov if they do split it up like Huberto? When they moved him away at even strength, he was somehow even better, and it gave the Panthers a new dimension. Sure, I think Matthew Kachuk will do wonders for the Panthers if he's on the top line with Barkov and whoever else, but how are they going to try to divvy up the lineup and not fall back in their secondary scoring, which I thought was maybe their most important thing the past two years as they've, they kind of early on were defying expectations, and then the ceiling got super high, and they they lived up to it last year in the regular season, at least. So, um, yeah, Matthew Kachuk is one of the most dynamic, physical power forwards in the league and coming off a 100-point season. So wouldn't be surprised at all if he outperforms Huberto fantasy-wise this season. But I think uh, the ceiling is maybe a little higher for Huberto. Even if he comes down to earth a little bit in Calgary, uh, we'll probably see him still score something like 90 or 100 points. Kachuk could be there as well, but it just brings up so many great fantasy debates from that trade. And that trade really was, I think, the biggest trade that I've ever seen in terms of 200-point scorers uh, in my lifetime, at least. I don't think there was anything like that, uh, maybe dating back to the 90s or something. Uh, you look at the biggest trades in NHL history, right? Um, mm -hmm. Wayne Gretzky, Patrick Waugh, those take the cake but then ever since those trades I don't know that there was anything bigger than Huberto um, and Uyghur for Matthew Kachuk that was a serious move and it's cool to see all the ramifications of it especially and in I, the salary cap era to see a, a trade uh, like that with two superstar players going each way yeah, it's been it's been a long time oh yeah absolutely and um, again, Kachuk, uh, his category coverage, his, it might not be as good as his brother Brady, uh, especially in hits. Like Brady Kachuk gets like three plus hits per game. I'll be curious to see um, how many hits Matthew Kachuk has with the Panthers because they're going to be relying on him to bring that type of element. So maybe he has more hits than he did last year where, I mean, Matthew Kachuk was coming from an elite top line, maybe the best top line trio in the league last year with Johnny Gaudreau and Elias Lindholm. So did he hit 100 plus points for the first time in his career as a result of that, those strong line mates to some extent? Yes, obviously you, you do great when you have two other elite line mates and even Elias Lindholm was a 40-40 guy, but there are some great options. Even if he doesn't play with Barkov, uh, whether he plays with Lindell or Sam Reinhardt or Sam Bennett, right? The Panthers have like four different guys that I think uh, Matthew Kachuk would be just fine with to try to replicate what he did last year.
And speaking of Barkov, I mean, I know some listeners are going to be sitting in their drafts. They're going to have maybe the 10th or 11th pick. Barkov is going to be on the board, and they're, they're really going to think hard about it. And looking at your projections, you had him down for 94 points. Um, but when you talk about category coverage, last season was the season where Barky really kind of showed the world that he's also a top-tier goal scorer. He was always good for maybe 25, 30 goals, but last year, 39 goals, you know, despite missing a, a fair amount of time there, I think it was 12 games. How much does that change his fantasy outlook when he's a guy that you can now look at and say, maybe that's a guy that can get me 40 goals? Well, yeah, Barkov, people talk about it all the time, is on the short list of most valuable players in the entire league in reality, and we've seen him get into the 90s before in points. Um, now that Huberto's gone, I just wonder if he's going to be that far and away best player on the Florida Panthers statistically, and maybe he could get into the 100-point realm for the first time of his career. So that's what I'm excited about ceiling-wise for, for him, uh, of course, not playing with Huberto anymore. Huberto led the NHL in assists last year, even if they were on separate lines at even strength, uh, they were together on power play one. And that was a huge um, thing for Barkov, of course, with his production in those situations. But yeah, to answer your question, I think Barkov is still that standalone top five center in the NHL. And maybe we haven't even seen the very best from him. And maybe having a guy, if he does play a lot with Kachuk, with that type of protection takes off some of the pressure of him with the workload he shoulders on a nightly basis with mm -hmm. two-way hockey. Maybe it gets a little easier for him, uh, which could be a scary thing for the rest of the league leaders to watch your back, right? Barkov might be coming <laughs> for the top five in scoring this year. Oh, for sure. And I know, like you said, it would, we, we think that obviously here working for the Panthers, but I know a lot of people outside of South Florida, like yourself, also are on the Barkov boat heading into this season. But another guy I want to ask about, Sam Reinhardt had such a unique season because he got over 80 points, primarily doing a lot of that damage on the third line and on the power play. I don't think any third liner had a better year last year than Sam Reinhardt. When you look at him as potentially a guy that now maybe moves up, maybe plays more consistently, you know, top line, second line, where do you think his ceiling is? Because last year really was a breakout for him. He's been a good player for a lot of years, but numbers wise, a real breakout for him last year. It's pretty amazing what he did last year and what he's done the past couple of years as well. Remember the year when uh, Eichel was banged up and the Sabres really were disappointing based on expectations. He ended up being like their number one center when Eichel was out. And then last year he was playing mostly third line wing. And to react off of what you said last year, uh, maybe there was no better third liner. I don't know if I've ever seen fantasy wise a third line player for the majority of the season be better than a point per game. So uh, his ceiling could be enormous if he's playing in the top six, as well as the first power play for a potent offense, uh, even with some of their departures this off season for, for Florida. And yeah, there are so many different, there's the whole ripple effect for, for Florida's offense, right? Like now that Uyghur is gone, who's going to play on the top pair with Uyghur. That was a great spot for him to, you know, boost his career totals and be one of the top even strength point produ producers on defense as well. So just as much as Sam Reinhardt and what position is he going to play? And is he going to be on the top line with Barkov at the right wing spot? Could very well be the case, but I'm also looking on defense to see like who's going to step up and, um, you know, play on the top pair. Is it going to be Gus Forsling? Because if so, I'm going to take him as a sleeper in the late rounds with that exposure to Ekblad. Well, Pete, that uh, segues perfectly into what I was going to bring up right here, going to the back end. And I, uh, I was going to ask you a two-parter. 
hit on each of the names that you just brought up. And now you mentioned Gus Forsling first there. So let's, let's get to him. Uh, that's another guy. We see him play all the time. We know what he's capable of. He can play in any situation. He's one of those guys that just never seems to get into trouble because he's such a great skater. He's got great instincts. Again, uh, put up some great point totals. He was, I believe, plus 41 when last season ended. Uh, plus minus, people can take it however they want to. But when you're on one of the extremes, it means that you're uh, either uh, either things aren't going well or things are going really well. In the case of Gus Forsling, when he was on the ice, things were going well last season. Is he starting to get the credit he deserves? Because this is a guy that really came out of nowhere. The Panthers picked him up uh, hours before training camp started a couple of seasons back. And now he's turned into such a key contributor for this team. And again, fits in nicely and has even developed a bit of an offensive role. Oh, yeah. He's on our deep sleeper list, top 10. People will sleep on him again, underestimate him again. The vast majority of people around the league watching hockey probably don't know who he is. Maybe they remember him from you know, his previous team and stuff like that. Uh, but he's not a guy that has been much of a fantasy name in terms of name value but last year down the stretch what he was doing in the shots on goal category what he was doing uh goals wise and just chipping in in a secondary role and again even if you're going to discount uh what plus minus is in the modern day uh fantasy wise if that counts in your in your league you were all over last year a Marchman or a Lundell or a Forsling. And Pete, I'm going to jump in there real quick. Does plus minus, if you're making a league, are you a plus minus guy? I mean, it's a standard category. I'm in some <laughs> leagues that have it. Um, I'm also in another league, probably the league that I did best in last year um, and finished second. And he was uh, in that particular league. And he was, uh, you know, I had a bunch of Panthers on my team and I also had, and they were still valuable even without plus minus, but I also had um, that league was really cool. So I kind of warmed up to not having it as a standard category because on that team, I had, you know, Trevor Zegras, Jesper Brad, I had uh, Nick Schmaltz. Like I had all these guys from some of the lower tier teams out there, Alex Tuck, you know, I had uh, some really productive players. And when you look at plus minus not hurting you in those leagues, it kind of makes it even more fun. And you can dabble in some of the lower tier teams out there find some either garbage points or hidden value like this year. If you don't have to worry about plus minus, you might really dive into what the Seattle Kraken have going on with Maddie Beneers, their top rookie and uh, their new offseason additions, Andre Burakovsky and Oliver Bjorkstrand. Like that could be their new top line. And if you're looking at them fantasy wise with plus minus counting, you're not going to go too heavy on them because of the state of the team. They might not be a contender but um, if that doesn't count, uh, you're kind of, it kind of opens the door for even more creativity fantasy-wise, not just looking at the obvious teams like Florida and Tampa Bay and Toronto and teams like that, but you also look to the lower end of the totem pole, and you could actually win your league by going that route and picking players from the lower-tier teams. Pete Jensen here with us. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And Pete, Aaron Ekblad, uh, the last couple of seasons, has had his regular season cut short due to really freak injuries. But when he's been on the ice for a vast majority of that time, he's played at a, a Norris Trophy-type level 
Uh, again, another guy that contributes across the board. He's on the power play, making an impact. Where's everybody on Aaron Ekblad going into this season as far as the uh, overall defense rankings are concerned? Looks like you had him, uh, I believe you said, fringe top five. Yeah, definitely. I think we have him sixth right now because he lost Mackenzie Weger. Uh, so I think we slotted John Carlson, uh, who's been steady for the Washington Capitals and um, hasn't had hasn't missed time as much as Ekblad has, but maybe that was just a tiebreaker. But regardless, the defenseman position is really strong this year, maybe stronger than ever with his young talent. Kale McCarr at the top, Roman Yossi had 96 points last year, uh, most by a defenseman since the early 90s. And he's only fourth in our ranking. So I'm sure some people will be, you know, mad at us uh, from Music City. <laughs> about that projection, but that's because you have Victor Hedman, who's, who's outstanding regular season, regular season or postseason, And then also um, Adam Fox was better than a point per game for the Rangers in the playoffs last year. And then don't forget about Ekblad because on a per game basis, he's been top five past couple of years. And then even like Mo Sider uh, for the Detroit Red Wings, that guy has a serious fantasy ceiling with the category coverage he has. And Pete, last one for me here. We know you're a busy man. You got places to be at this time of the year. But I got to ask, we spent a lot of time talking about the top of the draft, the Barkovs, the Ekblads, uh, the Kachucks, all those names. But now I'm a fan. I'm at the end of the draft, last round, maybe the second to last round. I'm looking at the board, and I got names like Colin White. I got Rudolph Balsers. I have Grigory Denisenko. I got Nick Cousins. They're all available there. Who am I taking a fly around for the Panthers this year in fantasy? Well, I mentioned Forsling. I really like him, uh, the scarce position of defense as a Panther, a Panthers sleeper. You could say, I mean, I'm definitely looking at, you know, either Heponiemi or, or Denisenko to maybe crack the top six forward group this year. I don't know if that's, if I'm a little too bullish, but I think the opportunities are there for the taking with not only Huberto off the second line, but also Duclair probably going to miss the start of the season, right? And Claude Giroux's gone, the big trade deadline acquisition off to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, the Senators are much improved this year, by the way. I really like that team fantasy-wise. But yeah, I would look at those two younger guys. Um, Balsers is interesting. I've been hearing a lot of people say that they think he could find his way onto the second line. I, I have my doubts, but you never know. I mean, he's not a guy that really ever blew up in in San Jose but you know I think he's somebody that you know maybe has untapped potential so maybe you could even take a deep sleeper flyer on him we did have Balsers included on our deep sleeper list not in the top 10 but just someone to keep an eye on um, in expanded leagues and you know maybe the very tail end of your draft but um, Lundell is one guy that I'm curious to see if me, if he maybe as he progresses in his career, if people forget about how good he was last year, and then maybe if he became the number two center um, over Sam Bennett at some point in the near future, I mean, he could really explode too. He could even play with Matthew Kachuk at some point this season. So something to keep an eye on there. Lindell could be either a bargain fantasy wise or a breakout candidate, full fledged, whatever you want to call him. But I'm pretty excited about his potential as well. Pete Jensen doing great work all over NHL.com where he's the senior fantasy editor. You can find him on Twitter at NHL Jensen. Also on Instagram at NHL Jensen. You can hear him on the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. Pete, before we let you go, it's part of your job to be as 
ingrained, immersed in fantasy hockey as you can be. How many leagues are you playing in every year? <laughs> the most I've played in are five, I think. I've been trying to whittle it down, right? Quality over quantity. Uh, it's just crazy to keep track of that many teams. And then you have guys playing against each other and you're, you know, maybe hoping one guy scores, but then you have the other goalie in your other league. I, I think the sweet spot is like two or three leagues. And then, um, yeah, you can have your different strategies and, you know, whether you take similar players and stuff like that, you can narrow it down and quality over quantity, but it's, it's really fun to be a part of. I think if you've never played fantasy before, if you're a new Panthers fan, it's one of the best ways to become a more informed fan, a more engaged fan to know players across the league. So if you're seeing a random team come into town on a given night, you know, you know who plays on their first power play, you know who their starting goaltender is or their 1B goaltender and, um, you know, maybe up and, up and coming defensemen and things like that. Like, you know more about the teams other than your favorite team, which makes you a better fan in many ways. So uh, it's something uh, definitely hit us up at NHL Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. If you're figuring out how to sign up for a league on any different platform, we can help with that. And if you have questions going into your draft or you need to, you know, find all the knowledge, definitely check out the NHL fantasy on ice podcast. We've already dropped five season preview episodes and there will be a couple more to come, of course, before the start of the season, um, covering all the off season moves around the league, even more than we did today. But thanks for having me on guys. Always fun. Yeah. Thanks very much for being here. Pete Jensen, senior fantasy editor at NHL.com. You heard all the different places. You can find all the great work that uh, he's doing to get you ready for your fantasy drafts as we approach the season and lots of great content from Pete too throughout the NHL season. That takes us up to this end of the episode here on territory talk. Pete Jensen, we thank you very much for stopping by. That's going to do it for us again, folks, territory talk. You can find new episodes each and every week, wherever you find your podcast as we get closer and closer to a new season of Panthers hockey for Pete Jensen. Once again, we thank him for his time for Jameson. All of us always, I am Doug Plagans. Thanks for being here. This has been territory talk.